0: Hello, Welcome back to the Going Coastal podcast, the podcast of the Students and New Professionals chapter of the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association and hosted by the American Shoreline Podcast Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, Marissa Torres. And I'm also one of your co-hosts, Deb Fernandez. Today, we are joined by two of the ASBPA Student Award winners, Cheyenne Twilly and Narayan Kumar. Cheyenne is currently a dual master's graduate student at the College of Charleston and recipient of the Student Coastal Advocate Award. Narayan is a PhD student at the University of Delaware and is the recipient of the Nicholas Kraus Coastal Scholar Award. First off, let's congratulate Cheyenne and Narayan and welcome them to the show. Hey guys, thank
1: you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here.
2: Thank you so much, Marisha, for this wonderful interview.
0: Yes, I'm so happy to have you guys. Um, The ASPPA National Coastal Conference feels like it was two years ago, but it was just like a month ago. Um, Feels like no time at all and all the time in the world. So. I'm excited to um, get to know you guys a little bit more. So the first thing that we like to do on this podcast is get you kind of like your background um, where what you're um, elaborating on your current degrees, previous degrees, um, previous work experience. How'd you get involved with ASBPA and how did you end up in the coastal field? And uh, Cheyenne, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, sounds good. So um, I'm from New York. Um, I went
1: to undergrad at coastal Carolina University which is in Conway South Carolina kind of like the Myrtle Beach area um, I studied marine science and interdisciplinary coastal policy with a minor in pre-law and then from there uh, I thought my only route to get where I wanted to go was to go to law school <laughs> so I went to law school in Charleston South Carolina which is where I am now and um, shortly realizing that that wasn't quite the best path um, to chart um, in order to get exactly where I want to go. So feeling around and uh, fig- figuring all of that out, I found a, a dual master's program at the College of Charleston, where I'm currently wrapping up my Master of Science in Environmental and Sustainability Studies and my Master of Public Administration. And uh, I'm tying them those two masters together together into some thesis research that's culminating a a project on coastal policy, um, specifically in the city of Folly Beach, South Carolina.
0: So is that that's how you jumped into the coastal fields, just kind of in from the environmental side? How did we end up um, getting involved with ASPPA? And where you uh, you're also an intern, no? Yes, totally. So, yeah,
1: so I'd always been, um, super intrigued by, by coastal processes. I knew, I knew that I had always wanted to, um, to somehow facilitate that coordination between knowledge holders and decision makers with respect to coastal management. Right. And so it just so happened that the undergrad, um, the undergrad school that I chose didn't exactly have coastal policy. So I had to, I had to shape my way around it. And then moving forward, that's, that's kind of what threw me into the coastal world. And, um, you know, I, I love it so much. I'm super passionate about it. So from there, um, I formed a thesis re- research topic um, with my intern advisor, who is actually Dr. Nicole Elko, which is the executive director of the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association. So um, Dr. Elko and I are both located in the city of Folly Beach, and we have been doing this work together. And that is who had gotten me involved a bit with uh, ASBPA. And one thing led to another. And now I am the uh, student coastal advocate.
0: Yeah, you are. Congratulations. That sounds so awesome. I like the creativity. And well, you didn't have exactly coastal policy. So you made your own type of coastal policy major to some extent. So very creative, very cool. Thank you so
1: much. Yeah, it's um it's it's super cool and um it shouldn't be you know, it shouldn't be an emerging multidisciplinary uh sector, right? But it but it kind of is and it's it's a lot of fun to um to kind of feel out that path.
0: Mm, I like it. We need more people like you in there. Thanks. All right, Narayan, how about you? Uh, What was your journey like to where you are now? How'd you end up in coastal and how'd you get involved with ASBPA?
2: Yeah, so I born in India and in undergrads, I trained as a mechanical engineer. So I was not aware was was so much about the coastal engineering, but uh, when I was in undergrads, I worked a lot with fluid mechanics. And after the undergrads, I worked five years in the automotive heat exchanger and there I came across this fluid mechanics and other parts and back in the mines I was always amazed to see marine vessels and oceans ships. So I was always a little bit linked to that area then after five and a half years I changed uh, my domain into marine engineering and then I done my master in marine engineering from France and after that I was searching some good university you can say or one of the best domain in which I can work in the coastal field or marine or hydrodynamics field and luckily I get in the United States I can say that University of Delaware is one of that area where we have such type of infrastructure such type of facilities such type of official we have so I came into this domain and if I come to the ASBPA so in the ASBPA I am working as an intern for the hand to hand with all the coastal professionals to work and deploy with the coastal policies and other technical stuff which are related to the SBP, a goal and objective, to preserving, protecting, and enhancing the coastal. That's so. That's all from my side.
3: Wow, that's pretty amazing. You went all around the world um, for your studies. Um, how did how did it feel for you uh, to go in like three different universities and changing um, your path basically from mechanical to coastal engineering? How was that experience for you?
2: That experience is quite amazing, you can say, but one of the major linkages between all these fields remain with the fluid mechanics. So I have such good training in the fluid mechanics during my undergrads. So that field remain quite obvious, good for me to catch up all these stuff. And other things you can say, if you change one country to another country, you will always feel some something like, you will feel some culture shock, always you can feel some linguistic shock but you have to absorb that you have to try to learn from them we have to assimilate those differences and try to be part of that that's all i learned
3: yeah i 100 um agree with you and i think that's amazing that you're able um to see different cultures and maybe learn different languages that's pretty exciting
2: yeah, I learned French. I have been practicing French since maybe two years, like seven hundred more than seven hundred days. I am still practicing it, so yeah. That that's good to be in terms of different different languages and different different culture.
0: Awesome. That's amazing. So now that we've gotten to learn a little bit about you guys, let's see, let's learn about the awards that you both have won and what they mean um, and what that means for you guys going forward. So Cheyenne has won the Student Coastal Advocate Award. This award is given to a graduate or undergraduate student who aspires to advance his or her knowledge of and the experience in federal coastal policy and advocacy through an internship with ASPPA. The winner will become the dedicated staff member for the ASPPA's Government Affairs Committee. And the student advocate will work hand in hand with practicing coastal experts to deliver policy position papers with the committee and participate in advocacy efforts seeking to influence federal policy via agencies or Congress. So the coastal advocate uh, will work from their home institution and will participate with the ASBPA as an organization via conference calls and email. Um, in addition, they get $600. So that's pretty nice. <laughs> and you're expected to attend the Coastal Summit in Washington, D.C. So <clears throat> for Cheyenne, what was that uh, subject of the paper you presented in your application uh, f- for this award?
1: That's an awesome question. So um so normally I I get on a soapbox right and I just I talk about my my graduate thesis since that's really the only thing that I know how to talk about these days. But um for this paper and for this application for the award I actually discussed my um I I discussed my internship um on Capitol Hill so I I was a Capitol Hill intern for United States Congress. Um I think I believe the year it was 2018 um and I discussed how uh I participated in Capitol Hill Ocean Week and participated in Hill Day um, in championing uh, ocean and coastal um, policies and whatnot. And I kind of tied that all back together, especially since um, this description was near and dear to federal coastal policy. So I just wanted to make sure they knew that I was certainly familiar with it and that I wouldn't be starting completely fresh.
0: What is Hill Day? Did I miss that, or is there a, a grander description? <laughs> um, I think I think depending
1: on whatever organization um, is bringing some advocacy to the table, Hill Day is kind of a, a general uh, phrase in that they're bringing their stakeholders, um, anyone interested in their organization, to uh, to United States Congress, usually setting up appointments with. Um, associated states um, and their staffers right and so what they're doing is they're they're meeting with these these congressional congressional staffers to kind of discuss the logistics of different bills or co-sponsors that they might they might want to advocate for
3: well that's pretty cool and um, so how was that internship for you um, at Capitol Hill
1: Oh my gosh, it was awesome, and I would do it all over again. Uh, It was so much fun, and uh, to to be quite honest, I barely knew what I was doing, and I was just trying to find my way. But um, it was my first time ever being in DC, and I just I moved there for this, you know. And so, um, just kind of being in the middle of it all and being thrown into it aggressively was so cool, and I learned so much. And I think that honestly, on the flip side of that, it made me a lot more passionate to to. And compelled to do what I'm personally doing, and that's in the field of coastal policy, of course. And you know, I I didn't always um, work with coastal policy, right? I was I was an intern for a congressman from the fifth district of South Carolina, and the fifth district of South Carolina is nowhere near the coastline, so we didn't deal with many coastal issues. But still, it was really cool that they were um, they had enthusiastic reception in letting me kind of pursue the things that I was interested in. Um, As long as I had gotten my work done with them.
0: What did you find most rewarding uh, from that internship? Um, It was definitely participating in Capitol Hill
1: Ocean Week. Um, I got to meet Dr. Sylvia Earle, if you know who that is. (laughs) I swear. Shut I up. Swear. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was kind of crazy about it, but um, I managed to wiggle my way in to meet her. And that was kind of I was kind of mission based about that the whole time. But I don't regret it. I don't regret any of it. She she's just as amazing as you might think in person.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: yeah, she's she's.
0: That's really, amazing! Yeah, is she, that on your resume? Like, it, it certainly <laughs> should be that I met her. You have a picture? I a do. Picture you, know you know what? You oh. know what? I do
1: have a picture, and maybe I should put that on my resume. Now that I think of it, probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness!
1: Yeah, yeah, she's a badass that's for sure. Yeah,
0: dude, that just blew all the other questions out of the water. all <laughs> no, that's so cool! <laughs> oh my gosh! So do you think that your um, participation being a member of the Government Affairs Committee associated with this award and attending the Coastal Summit um, is kind of not expanding or extending what's what I'm looking for, like going off of that internship and giving you more of an opportunity to be involved um, in Capitol Hill and contributing to uh, some of those coastal policy decisions that you had in that internship that now with your academic experience, your experience with Nicole Elko uh, in, in your internship, that can really kind of tie it all together and bring some more things to life than, um, you know what what you had hoped it's like what your what your hope is for being uh this coastal advocate,
1: yeah, yeah, um, I'm not sure if this opportunity with the government affairs committee is an extension of that internship, but I certainly think that having that internship gave me an upper hand- a personal upper hand, you know um instead of being clueless you know i'm 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 at least not clueless <laughs> um I think. Now, more than ever before i i've I've learned so much between then and now that I'm a lot better um equipped and much more well informed to to help out and be an asset of like an actual valuable asset to the government affairs committee. Um, this is something that I've been studying and researching my entire academic life, you know, and so the opportunity to work with the government affairs staff is you know, honestly, if it were a real career that I could just sit on for the rest of my life, I would, I would just call it a day and beg all of them to hire me just on this one committee because it's that picture perfect for me. Um, but it's not like that. (laughs) So, um, all of that to say, I think, I think more than ever before, I I'm ready for it. I think, I think I'm going to do an awesome job. And I think I bring some really unique perspectives to the table in terms of social science and, uh, like genuine coastal policy um and bridging that gap between scientists and decision makers um i i really think it's going to be awesome and i'm i'm stoked to be here
0: we're stoked to have you you sound you do sound like the perfect candidate uh for this award um and I mean, they have lifetime memberships for ASBPA, right? You can serve a lifetime appointment (laughs) (laughs) on the Government Affairs Committee while also bringing up the next generation. (laughs) All right. That sounds awesome. Um, So Narayan's award is the Nicholas Kraus Coastal Scholar Award. This is given annually to a graduate student who aspires to advance their knowledge and experience of coastal science through an internship with ASBPA. Now the winner will become the dedicated staff member for the ASPPA's Science and Technology Committee. So you guys are volunteered for, for these committees. The Coastal Scholar will work hand-in-hand with practicing coastal experts to develop technical position papers within the committee and serve as the liaison for ASPPA with other graduate students in coastal sciences. The Coastal Scholar will work from their home institution and will participate with ASPPA, ag- again, via... Uh, conference calls and email, and they also get $600. Look at you guys. So the only the stipulation, so Cheyenne has to attend the Coastal Summit in DC, and Narayan has to attend the next year's uh, National Coastal Conference, or this year's Coastal Conference to receive the award, and hopefully, I would imagine, next year to help deliver the award to someone new. So Narayan, what was the subject of your paper that you um, submitted for this application?
2: Yes, so uh, this paper was mainly uh, asking us to uh, discuss more about how you can, how your research or maybe your previous position of responsibility, leadership skills, or maybe technical knowledge is going to help uh, in Uh, establishing a a good uh, transition in practicing coastal expert to develop technical position paper or may I have to work with uh, database that is of national business management database so I discuss about my research in more detail the stuff I'm doing with computational numerical or numerical modeling and I mm, said that I have to, I have a, a inclination to buck with like living shorelines and nature based solution that I haven't back till now. So that inclination was a great linkage between the actual deployment of the solution, maybe it's a not grey solution, it may be not hard structure solution, but it, you can say more green solution. and different leadership skills that I've through maybe my in undergrads, in my master degree and during the five years of my work that helped me a lot to be a maybe good candidate for this and other than that uh, uh, in the first meeting where I had uh, as an intern so in that uh, I am more focusing on to work on the National Business nourishment Database and I will coordinate with different universities to, uh, to have the understanding about the coastal science and engineering program there and other than that uh, we will as a science and technology committee we will write a maybe a white paper uh, and some fact sheets. So that's all will be my role and responsibility as a science and technology intern.
3: Okay, that's pretty cool. I love that you're working with um, Living Shorelines. What kind of Living Shorelines um, did you look at?
2: So I'm not a great expert in Living Shorelines. I am very, uh, you can say, new in this area. So uh, in last to last meeting, we found a, a group of members where... We are working with that living shorelines. So, I don't know which type of either, maybe it may be like grass or uh, what you can say, salt moss, maybe uh, mangroves, maybe something different, uh, uh, living. living uh, uh, steps will be implemented and that will help us in uh, reducing the coastal erosion and reducing the impact of uh, bay breaking over the coastlines.
3: Okay, that's pretty cool. So you're more into the numerical modeling um, side of it. Yeah,
2: I am, I am more into the numerical modeling coastline, but my linkages is a little bit linked with these stuff because uh, no one wants to, uh, no one wants to have, uh, have a hard structure solution because that, that solution may be deteriorating the overall impact uh, of the coastal uh, uh, stability. So more and more people are going towards the living shorelines and nature based resolution. But in a computational domain, I can't implement living shoreline there but i am working to uh, i am working in that area also that how i can simulate uh, uh, the salt mass in my domain
0: and you're a numerical modeler so what what kind of numerical models are we talking about here
2: yeah so um, my numerical modeling is more focused on the open form based and in open form based previously we have designed like uh, we call it said form so said form is like two-phase Modeling in two-phase modeling means we have sediment and water and That we are modeling now. We have a transition in third phase so we are trying to understand the free surface phenomena also that actually happening in real scenario and we are trying to understand when baby is breaking so what's actually happening happening on the shoreline how much sedimentation is happening how much uh, uh, erosion is happening there how much deposition is happening and what is actually affecting the whole erosion and deposition stuff there so trying to understand the physics behind that and trying to understand when that baby is breaking at that stuff so what's what's changing the hydrodynamics and geomorphology
0: yeah it's a tall tall order, tall task. I feel like we've been um, in the field trying to solve what's actually happening in the surf zone when waves are actually breaking for decades at this point. Kind of. I will kind of clarify for our listeners that may not be familiar that open foam or said foam is a computational fluid dynamics solver. It's like your, um, is it the Reynolds average Navier-Stokes equations?
2: Yes, that's true. So it's not limited to Reynolds average. Navier equation. You can also extend it to large eddy simulation, but the basic is you can start with Reynolds average Navier equation. But it can be extended. It can be extended to DNS also. You can also implement uh, DNS in that direct numerical simulation. You can also implement large eddy simulation. You can also have the Reynolds average navier state equation. But more and more precision you want the more and more time and more and more financial stuff involved in that so we take the middle path and that we go through either reynolds every navier equation solving that or either large adc simulation
0: so i would say you're you're really looking at kind of the micro scale side of things with cfd and with this work with asppa uh, living shorelines natural nature-based features are kind of a hot topic right now. everybody wants to do it whether it's you know trying to ditch hard structures altogether maybe a hybrid approach is the best solution to kind of incorporate the ecosystem dynamics and shoreline stability that hard structures may um, not or not all hard structures um, um, contribute to, I guess or negatively impact. Um, but I guess I'm wondering, how, how do you see going from the CFD? How does, how does the CFD numerical modeling go into policy, right? Like I know there are a lot of steps from there, but I, I'm, I guess I'm just, um, looking for more detail on, right. So the science and technology committee, they prepare technical position papers. So what would these uh, what do these papers entail, and what is their purpose, and why are they important?
2: So technical paper committee they publish uh, each one paper each year on, on one of the topic that may be the hot link with the coastal stuff, and in that paper they try to uh, bring bring that area that may be. Uh, that in that area that could enhance the understanding based on the because uh, we need to have the policy that is science-based so we we need to understand what actually happening at that level when when we do the research we come across some output become across some tangible output and that tangible output uh, leading into the policy deployment. So that policy de- deployment is linked with our bug, that linked with our research, that linked with uh, uh, the white paper or technical paper we are preparing.
0: So you mentioned um, this national database, and forgive me if I miss this, was this um, a, what What kind of database is this? And is it will I'm assuming it will be publicly available once it's completed?
2: Yeah, it's, it's already available. That is national beach nourishment database. So it, it's like uh, we have coastal state like for Delaware, we have the beach nourishment data, like uh, 40 years or 30 years, uh, how much uh, sediment was there and now how much sediment has been eroded or how much sediment has been deposited in that area. Uh, that particular beach. So let us suppose in Delaware, we have different, different beach like Benthany beach and different beach. So on a particular beach, uh, maybe every year or maybe in four years or maybe 10 years, there you need to do the beach nourishment. So for beach nourishment, uh, how much sed- sediments uh, we are deposit- depositing there. So that that database is done through the national agency like US Amico they have that database or the any agency who is doing that uh, they must have that data and we are trying to link that data and have that database on real-time basis so we can understand that uh, this amount of sediment is used here and, uh, and we will try to tie up with all the organizations uh, uh, like US Army Corps and if they are they are doing that, so we can get the on the real time input of that database, and we will try to implement that.
0: Mm, I gotcha. Cool. I know there's a in the Army Corps. There's that push for um, was it seventy percent beneficial reuse of yes, patch yes. material
2: by twenty thirty yeah.
0: by twenty thirty. Yeah, I think this database should certainly help towards that.
2: Yes. So. Uh, there is great linkage between beach nourishment and you can say dredge sediment management because whatever the dredging we are doing, all the dredging material are not uh, okay to, to throw at some point of time. So how we can use more beneficial that, that may be one of the parties beach nourishment. So we need to look in that area also.
0: Do you see uh, ASBPA maybe or even the Army Corps, this might be a question for myself, um, making like more of a um, natural nature-based feature slash living shoreline database. I think that would be also super helpful. Um,
2: yes, but yeah, the, you, are, you are right, but we, we need to take the consideration from the EPA, Environment Protection Agency. Uh, so you know that all the, all the dry sediments are not okay to to be utilized. So we need to understand uh, what are the harmful uh, maybe contaminants in that and that we need to understand at that level. So uh, still we need some effort to understand the contamination and we need to understand the level of check on check we need to do. After dredging and before depositing, either in, either on the beach or in, or making any, any uh, like a, s- s- deck or dike like that.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of all linked because that dredge material we can uh, at some point use it to restore or just create a living shoreline.
0: So I guess it goes hand in hand. Kind of going back full circle in terms of the subject of your application, you mentioned kind of going over the technical and leadership skills and how that experience and how those transfer into this uh, Coastal Scholar Award. Um, I'm wondering what kind of leadership skills have you in your experience from one university to the other, maybe uh, from industry and then back into academia? Uh, What kind of leadership skills do you bring to the table and inspire in or or suggest that others also seek?
2: Sure. sure. So when I was in undergrads, uh, I was more like uh, organizing some events and some conferences. So that helped me to grow up as a effective communicator and, and deliver the objective of that conference on time. And when I came here, so here we have a graduate student organization, a lot of graduate and student organization here. So uh, I'm involved in quite a few, and I am also a senator here, and I'm representing my department. And apart from that, uh, last year I was the vice president of some of uh, organization called project brain light uh, there i was uh, trying to engage more and more uh, uh, school children uh, from um, grade six to grade nine to understand the science basic science and that was quite uh, nice for uh, for us and uh, apart from that uh, i am quite involved in other activities here in the university apart from research so that will that will lead that will help me to uh, come along the way as a good uh, leader or a, or that inculcate uh, me to be a good leader in that
3: wow you have a full schedule
2: yeah i, I quite uh, i have to be <laughs> a little bit busy uh, so that's why
0: yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. That's great. All right, guys. I want to know what y'all think, what y'all plans are for the future. It feels it feels how it feels, however you would like to feel it, and I'm going to leave it at that. So it's neither negative nor positive. We're here, um, and we're in this coastal space. Uh, there are challenges that we face in our um, daily lives, in our jobs, and in the trajectories of where we think we should go versus where we're actually going, um, or or maybe would want to go. So I guess I'm wondering, um, you know, both of you guys are, I'll say, relatively young, and have this future in coastal ahead of you, and as not more or less stewards uh, for. ASBPA and and receiving these awards and being more involved um, in the uh, coastal community, in the ASBPA community, um, where do you think or where would you like to see um, the field of coastal go or if you want to comment on some of maybe... The hotter topics that which ones are good and which ones can we like put to rest. I don't know if you guys have opinions or ideas one way or the other. So kind of an open question. I'm just wondering what y'all thoughts are for the future, um, your futures with ASPPA as well as the futures of of coastal from your perspective. So Cheyenne, why don't you go first?
1: Sure. Um, I'm not. I, I'm going to try to articulate the question that you asked, um, in terms of what I think might need to, what I, what, what my opinion might be in matriculating, um, new or emerging disciplines or maybe, um, something promising into, into the coastal world. Um, I think, I think social science needs to be, um, much more considered and articulated, um, and certainly considered within the coastal field. Uh, oftentimes scientists and policymakers speak very different languages, right? They have some communication barriers. And so um, maybe stepping in as a coastal boundary spanner, of course, coastal, coastal boundary spanners are not a legitimate or um, formalized profession, right? But maybe just somebody who identifies as such, to step in as that translator or that intermediary, that knowledge broker, liaison, whatever you want to call it. You could even call it just a a communicator, right? Somebody to just step in and facilitate that coordination either between the scientists and the decision makers, or the scientists and the, the stakeholders, right? Or even the stakeholders and the decision makers. I think um I think things need to be articulated a little bit better. I think every everybody needs to be on the same page a little bit more and, uh, just with some, some very thorough communication, I think we can get there.
0: I just want to ask like, how, (laughs) like, how do you see us getting there? Um, what kind of tools, resources can we use?
1: That's a good question. I think, um, I think the, the, (laughs) the first start is with empathy, like actually having a sense of empathy and respect for, for um, the way that everybody interprets things, right? And so if you're if you're identifying as that intermediary or that knowledge broker, or that boundary spinner, you have to be able to interpret a complex scientific message and convey it based on who your audience is, right? And just break it down in plain English and find something that strikes a chord with anybody that you're talking to. Um, and everybody's chord strikes differently, right? Like what hits home for you is not what is not what might necessarily hit home for me. Right. And so if you're talking to some folks on the coast, right. So we'll just say some local community residents, some stakeholders, we need them to buy in on a, on a, on a certain, on a certain topic. Right. Well, um, how can we get, how can we kind of get them engaged and how can we stimulate that sense of urgency to get them to care? And I think just starting by being respectful and being deeply empathetic as to um, as to what hits home for them. Everybody wants to be heard. Right. And so just hear them out. And um, I think that's, that that would be a really
0: good start. Mm, I agree. Great answer. No comments, no notes. (laughs) All right. Now, what about, what about you? Similar kind of line of questioning. I think Cheyenne kind of paraphrased it a little much better than I did
2: Yes, so uh, I really appreciate uh, to the SBPA for this award because this helped me to get engaged with industry and academia leaders and that that was truly amazing. And if I go in the coastal field, I still see a gap in the either in the experimental and computational people. So computational people don't like much experimental stuff. And experimental people don't like much computational stuff, so so there is need to bridge the gap, and I know that there there will be always some discrepancy in between experimental and computational. So we need to bridge that gap. We need to understand. So computational people should also understand experimental stuff, and experimental people should also understand computational. And I I think that uh, in coming years, there will be more and more need of coastal engineers. The reason is climate change. And the climate change is obvious. And that's why we need more and more coastal engineers that should have more and more proactively acting over the, the challenges we can see in future.
0: Agreed. Um, I think myself as more of a computation person, I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. If I were to walk up to a wave tank, even though I I certainly studied it in undergrad, but it's completely gone now. I think there should be um, more, I guess, communication uh, between the experimentalists and the computational folks, because we do need each other. A model is only as good as the data you give it, um, or calibrated to, or validated against. Still needs to try to represent real world conditions, and we do still need data for all those conditions, whether it's um, experimental um, in a laboratory setting um, or in from a field site, um, as well, kind of really characterizing that. So agreed. All right. So you guys are. Narayan, when do you graduate?
2: So, I am expected to graduate maybe in 2027. So, I still have Mm -hmm. maybe four years and three and a half years to go. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm still in second year and still it's third semester I have completed. And yeah, I haven't completed third semester, I'm just entered into second year.
0: So, do you have plenty of time to figure out what you maybe would want to do uh, after? Finishing your PhD,
2: so there are a lot of stuff that that in my mind. Uh, So it's like a step by step. I don't keep uh, focusing on maybe half an year like that. I I more focus on maybe weekly goal and monthly goal. If I complete that stuff, if I see on yearly goal, maybe next year I have some conference coming. I have to go in the International Coastal Conference in maybe in Italy, uh, maybe. And Ooh. if I see within the line two years, I may have to get trained a bail coastal engineers. And if I see down the line in three years, uh, I have to look uh, in the postdoctoral or as a coastal scientist, maybe in the industry or in academia. So I have no uh, no grass that I know. I will go in academia or I will go in industry. Whichever the path will be good, suitable at that point of time. I will dive into that. So yeah,
0: sure, that's fair. Do you see yourself staying in the United States though?
2: International students, is always tough, but uh, it will it will all depend on the. Um, we need to have to have the funding. From that agency for the visa and also it's always tough for us because I'm from India and there is high influx of us international student from India and there is very limited amount of visa for that category we have so so it's tough for us but but we need to do the hard work the only way we can be here through hard work and through the knowledge we can get the expertise we can get from that and we need to be a good scientist either publishing some good paper or to be in at least to be in good in that area where the industry or academia have the demand or have the expectation from us.
0: Sure, of course. Sorry to uh, get into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish you the best. Either way, I'm sure we'll be in touch throughout the rest of ASPPA. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's fine because uh, because there are a lot of influx of Indian students. So yeah, You can understand the population we yeah. have.
0: Cheyenne, how about you? What is your, where are you at now with your studies and where do you see yourself going? Other than straight to the Government Affairs Committee for a lifetime appointment.
1: <laughs> for life. Um, wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, I actually, I graduate in May, which is Ooh, awesome. Congratulations. Uh, almost. Thanks. and Yeah, almost. And um, this coming semester, so... Um, starting in January, I I only have my thesis credits to do. So um, I'll be doing that and wrapping up a human resources course. And let's see. Oh, I defend my thesis in February, which, you know, um, my work's cut out for me. And after that, ideally in a dream world, uh, a life appointment to government affairs would be great. Um, But in another dream world, staying here in Charleston, South Carolina to work with Dr. Elko would be even better. Um, she's, she's been incredible for the three years that I've been her intern, um, and truly invaluable. Uh, but yeah, we, we will, we will see for sure. That's fair.
0: Keep it wide open. Definitely.
3: All right. To wrap up this episode, we have one last question for you guys um so Cheyenne let's um stay with you so what advice would you give to a student or a young professional who is interested in pursuing a career or a, pos- a
1: position similar to yours great question um I would say that if um if they feel deeply connected to, to a certain issue or a certain niche within the coastal field to pursue it even if they don't they don't see an avenue for it. If that makes sense. Um, in my early academic career, I did not see an avenue for coastal policy or, um, coastal social science. You know, I, I had no idea exactly how to articulate what I wanted to do, but somehow I found it and, um, it's what I wanted to do the whole time. I just couldn't coin a name on it. Right. And now it all makes sense. And now it's all coming to fruition. So I guess my advice would be, um, if you don't see your avenue, just go for it anyway because it's all going to fall into place.
3: Yes, that's a great advice. And you can always talk to people. Um, networking, I guess, it's um, is the best way also to maybe find other options somewhere else. It's not necessarily right in your hometown. So, yeah, awesome. Totally. And what about you, Orion? What advice would you give to a student or a new, young professional?
2: So my advice would be Uh, like uh, dive into new area if you find anywhere don't be afraid of that do mistake so it's it's very necessary to do mistake then you can learn more take risk in your life and always learn from mistake and always try to learn from others mistake if they have done something wrong then try to implement that uh, that lesson in your life and that's all. If life can take you that way, go in that way and try to improve yourself each day. That's all.
0: Each day. I like it. Oh, my goodness. Thank you guys both so much for your time and and the effort and just letting us take a peek um, into your guys' um, kind of lives and your journey kind of before and after winning this award. And it was great to meet you at the ASPPA National Coastal Conference. I don't think that I personally will be at the Coastal Summit, but I hope to see you guys at next year's National Coastal Conference in Galveston, uh, Texas, I believe in August. So hopefully see you guys there and just, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you all so much. It's been fun.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's really nice.
0: So that wraps up another episode of Going Coastal, this time focused on our ASPPA student award winners. Did you know that the Students and New Professionals chapter has a mentoring program? Well, we do, and we invite you to participate. Both students and new professionals can sign up and request a mentor, and likewise, professionals can sign up to become a mentor. So, to join the mentoring program or to just learn more about the S and chapter, you can send us an email at asbpa.snp@gmail.com. Lastly, be seen and heard where it matters. You too can share your story in top coastal and ocean podcasts and on the Coastal News Today. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this show or others on the American Shoreline Podcast Network, contact Tyler Buckingham at tyler at coastalnewstoday.com or go to coastalnewstoday.com slash advertising.